Hello and welcome to The Shamming Show, our episodes on the future of technology. And today we're going to be talking about automatically generated music and how music is changing nowadays with the development of algorithms, artificial intelligence, and uh, what is in store for the future, such as uh, holographic celebrities, virtual celebrities. Um, we're doing an interview today with Stephen Hine, and he's a programmer in Toronto, Ontario, who uh, in the evening spends most of his time uh, building automatically generated music. Uh, that's the music that you hear in the program today. Those were two compositions. He's uh, working on this for some time now. He's very passionate about it. It's, it should be an interesting show. Hello? reason I'm calling you today is because you're really passionate about automated music, right? That's right, yeah. And uh, you're a programmer by trade? Uh, yeah, that's my day job. I work at uh, Pivotal. You said you, you spend like four hours a day working on the music automation? Yep. Uh, so originally I was a music teacher until like early 20s, mid-20s. Okay. Obviously, you know, it's kind of hard to make a living teaching guitar. But um, yeah, and then I got into software development and obviously I'm still like really into music. Um, and the logical thing is to try to write music with uh, code, right? So basically, yeah, so almost like two years now I've been working on a system to um, basically my strategy is instead of synthesizing the final product, like breaking apart a wave and then trying to synthesize new waves, mm -hmm. I've more just tried to create a system that um, through some heuristics creates the same decisions a musician would create in order to create a song. So, you know, you go through things like, you find a beat loop that you want to use and then you find some other types of loops and then you, you add some like keyboard or guitar or whatever. So I kind of go through that whole decision-making process and mm -hmm. then record the decisions made in like huge detail. And then at the end of the day, I just have like a feedback tool when the song's like complete. Quite sophisticated actually, but you know, I, I just rate it on, you know, how, how good the EQ is, how well the beats match up, like, you know, are the, is everything in key? And then just through reinforcement learning, it starts to slowly but surely uh, write better music. Now, the music is always based on um, my personal taste. <laughs> what genres do you record in? Um, well, right now, I've kind of been training it in um, like a kind of down-tempo trip-hop kind of genre. Okay. Um, I'm trying to keep it consistent with like, you know, the feedback I give it. I don't just all of a sudden say like, Oh, you should make something sounds like heavy metal, you know, just to make it logical. Right. And I think there could be potential in the future to have almost trainable radio stations. There could be like a templated radio station, and then people could start like adding their own feedback or collective feedback and alter the composition. Um, so that's the idea I'm playing with. Do you have a long term goal like starting your own record label or, like you said, like your own radio station well, or? A touring robot DJ, or like, I think hope, my kind of goal is by uh, the end of the year I can stand up, basically a radio station that just nonstop plays procedurally generated music. Goals after that, where I'd like to 
have people be able to input and affect the procedurally generated music, maybe by user profiles, or maybe, you know, they could get still proving to myself that it's possible via machine learning to create music as good as musicians, which is quite a right. quite a task. <laughs> and are you trying to make it so that, like, if the radio station, every song would be a new song, or...? Yeah, I mean, I guess there's a very small probability that, you know, parts could repeat, but mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, it'd probably take a couple of years before you heard something repeat. Yeah, you said you were using uh, neural networks in your programming? I'm using a, a lot of things. That's one of the things I'm using. So basically, the, the plumbing's done in Java, the thing that just, you know, makes wave files, like stitches wave files together. So that's kind of... Uh, just call it the plumbing, and then there's the machine mm-hmm. learning aspect, um, and that there's different machine learning algorithms used for different parts of it. For example, finding compatible rhythms that's done with a neural network, checking to see if the EQs are going to match. I'm using random forests and you know, genres like sentiment analysis. I'm using like naive Bayes algorithms. So I'm mm-hmm. using different algorithms for the different parts. Right. So different types of code lends itself to different parts of the music? Yeah, when you break down the problem, there's I'm not just using neural networks. It's a lot of different algorithms being used. Hmm. But it's extremely computationally heavy. That's the thing I'm struggling with right now. For example, I'm I'm standing it up right now on uh Amazon and I've I can generate thirty two bars of music um and pretty much max out four medium sized servers and that's not multi tenancy, that's like just the right one song. Right. So unfortunately it takes a lot of computational power to do that. So it takes a lot of energy. That's one thing that I'm that's one thing I'm struggling with is like, you know, I don't know how I would be able to afford to serve up multiple users, like multi tenancies. Difficult. Everyone would have to listen to the same couple songs being generated. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I had a lot of funding. <laughs> you know, my long-term goal is that you can interact with the music as it's being created, because there's the there's the concept too: is the musician dictating an emotion on someone, or is it giving the people what they want? Right. In my system, it would be giving you what it thinks you want, opposed to taking you on a journey. <laughs> Like machine learning up up until now is mainly, um, you know, getting tons of data and then more or less taking the averages, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little more sophisticated than averages, but you are ultimately, you're not creating new things. You're you're taking stuff that it's learning from and synthesizing it. Like you can take all of Mozart's uh, collection, mm-hmm. feed it to some neural networks, and then it'll hopefully come out with music that's more or less like Mozart. But it's not going to suddenly get get self-inspired and start writing new music, <laughs> right? You know what I mean. So it'll just take similar the, patterns and repeat them. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not um, obviously generating intuition. <laughs> what do you think about lyrics? Like that's another whole topic, pretty much. But do you um, think that's yeah, a, fur- a further away? <laughs> <laughs> that that's uh, way out of scope of what I'm doing right Mm -hmm. now um, because natural language processing is a whole field in and of itself. Right. Five years just trying to make song lyrics that make sense. Do you think like the next step might be something like 
automated music with a vocalist or something like that? Um, yeah, that'd be interesting. So I think the text the text is completely possible to generate generate text with sentiment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never heard any synthesized voice that even sounds remotely nice. For sure. Yeah, I've seen like bands like they have these uh, robot bands. Have you seen those like uh, Zed Machines and Compressor Head? Um, Where... I have seen. Which one did I see? I mean, it was Cap- Captured by Robots, possibly. Have you heard of that one? No, not. I, I've seen a band that. play one time that was just one guy with um, four or five robots. It was pretty fun, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Do you think like that's the but, future uh, of music, that's... or just like a novelty? I think it's personally, I think it's just something that could always exist as a interesting genre. The problem is music often is a vehicle for um, political messages and identity. Mm -hmm. Um, And that would likely always be human based. If that continues that, you know, it's, it's a platform for, you know, what my identity is. I'm a, you know, I'm a, goth so i listen to industrial music if it's, it's if it's about identity it's always going to have to be human driven the the thing you were talking about a uh, performance by robots now that what i seen though was it was pre-programmed to execute right it was very uh right like it wasn't very, making complex statistical decisions on what it should play i found that they weren't very emotional though or like they didn't have the feel of a real drummer or a real guitarist they could play the notes but they didn't have the like just all the different nuances yeah i'm trying in my my situation i'm trying to um mitigate that problem by Mm -hmm. using mixing in loops of real music real being like played by humans Um, live samples because when when you do make electronic music that's what you're doing anyways you're doing a combination of generating midi notes you know playing bass lines on a keyboard and then you're actually looking for loops to mix in things like that mm-hmm. so all of the the experiments that are along the lines of what i'm doing they all seem to lack they almost put no effort into producing the music and all the effort into just synthesizing traditional music harmony but nobody unless you are a musician if you're not going to make that leap from notes to actually a solid polished piece of music you're just right. going to hear like something that sounded like it was on a original nintendo system you know what i mean so i'm trying to use machine learning to do the production as well so right it's not just about you know picking notes that sound good together it's about picking notes that sound good together via machine learning then polishing them via machine learning and actually spit out something that's a complete product that's my goal um, do you think that makes yeah, like right. uh, the songs like uh, too like uniform? Like there won't be some really creative aspect here or there. You know how some songs really are catch a, somebody's attention because they have something really unique about them. Um, yeah, I think if you listen to it long enough, you'll you'll recognize patterns that it's making similar decisions. Things that you know are almost never going to work. Just put in a rule and say this is never going to work. So don't do that. Right. But I'm trying to avoid the best I can because the, the problem is in real music, you know, sometimes really interesting songs come from doing something that often doesn't work but happens to work in a, a rare circumstance. Mm-hmm. I don't think I can stand something up that will be uh, stable mm-hmm. probably until the fall. And then what my goal is to 
to try to open source it and invite more people. But it, okay. It's called an early early stage. I also don't know a lot of dual discipline developers. Right. Because um, I find, you know, a lot of the musicians I know, they think I'm evil or something that I'm trying to destroy the world by. <laughs> the other side of the coin where there's my developer peers who just have no idea what's going on with music but are extremely good at the plumbing. Right. Yeah, you really, it's a dual discipline, I guess, like you are saying. Yeah, because you're, you're basically, yeah, it's two systems you're dealing with and you have to understand both of them. Mm-hmm. It's not enough to say like, oh, I understand code so I can look at it and understand it. The code will tell you what it's doing, but you don't understand. If you don't understand music theory, then you're not going to understand it, you know. That makes sense. For example, like if you're taking, you can figure out what things are in which key quickly, just analyzing waves and stuff and just say, you know, if these keys aren't compatible, don't even factor these options in. And someone, say, who doesn't have a good understanding of music may just factor in every possible option and try to brute force calculate what might work. Do you think like that the method you've been using could like once you've finished, like say you're doing trip hop or that genre that it could be transferred over to another genre fairly easily or it would have to be redeveloped yes. rethink some things because some things are tailored to you know four four music i can tell you right now some things that are flaws are, it's hard coded to be four four music right right um, and there's some music that are like six eight timing or something like that and it, no matter how hard you train it it's never going to do that right um, it's not going to write a tool song it's, it's, yeah, it's not going to write a tool song because every bar is going to be some division of four, or, you know, right. division of two. You know what I mean? What like inspired you to do this? I grew up playing in bands and teaching music, and that was largely my identity. And then, as I got into development, I sincerely got into it, but it was more out of um, you know I needed to pay rent. <laughs> and doing this kind of feels really good because it you know, makes me feel complete. It's like, a, okay, well, I'm still writing music. Now I'm just writing music with code. How do you deal with, like, the uh, problem yeah. of, like, familiarity? Like, that a lot of people, like, you know, their connection to music is the familiarity with the music. Yeah, I don't, I certainly wouldn't cater to, be able to cater to that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it would, I would not be trying, again, I'm not trying to replace the current uh, musical model. I'm just right. trying to expand it, you know. Gotcha. Uh, you're right. So if there's, you know, there's that song that has like deep sentiment, um, that's pretty much the opposite of what I'm doing. I'm trying to constantly, you know, what I'm doing is more along the lines of jazz than it is. Yeah, improvisational. Uh, it's basically constantly evolving. Well, I think the cool thing about like the machine-generated music is that you can have a real-time, fully composed song that sounds good. You know what I'm saying? The that's actually something I'm struggling with is the real time nature. Like mm-hmm. right now, with my best setup, I'm takes me about thirty seconds to generate um, thirty two bars of music. Um, there's some companies that also are working on creating some interesting things, such as Jukebox. They automatically generate music videos based on colors and rhythms and pattern recognition elements in the video. So it might detect something like a horse and make uh, music based on animals or it's a documentary, or if there's a lot of blue, it might play some sadder or slower music depending on the frame rates. So 
it's really interesting to see how the technology is evolving. Um, and uh, lyrically-wise, we're going to do a follow-up episode where we interview Pablo Gervais, and he has developed a system called Aspra that uh, employs case-based reasoning, and it creates poems, giving fragments of other poems inputted into the system. So that could be the next level of uh, discovery for music in uh, adding uh, automatically created lyrics to a song. So, so we see that also that there's a future for music as well as robotic bands like uh, the Zed Machines from Japan and Compressor Head from Germany. I encourage you to look them up. They play rock and roll music, guitar, bass guitar, drums, uh, all automatically played by robots. It's pretty cool. Um, it's a little flat in their delivery, but it's very creative and cool robotics projects. Maybe in the future we'll have uh, indistinguishable from human robots performing live and uh, big artists can do a different show in this different city every single night because uh, they won't be restricted by the limitations of touring. Uh, we've also seen uh, holographic performances by uh, Tupac at Coachella. Definitely check that out. And yeah, it's just really cool what's happening with music and maybe in the future we'll have uh, live shows where every song is created on the fly by human-seeming robots. So really interested to see what's going to be happening with the future of the music in the next 10 years and how the music industry deals with it. It's been a lot changing and a lot going on and pretty excited about it.